And we on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Another day, another week, another episode of The Core Report. Black Broadway presents The Core Report. And you know what time it is. You know what we do over here. We do the news. So today has been a day of extreme breaking news. It's been going down today all across. I can't turn to any channel in the last 24 hours and not hear everyone talking about the same thing as if there's nothing else going on. So we're going to touch on that because we can't not touch on it. But we got to get through these headlines because that's what the core report is about. Lots of news from all across the country, everywhere. We're going to touch on that real quick. And then we got to talk about Kamala, man. We've got to talk about our potential vice president coming up. I want to hear from all of y'all, man. Don't be afraid to push that request button. Get in on here. How Martin used to say, speak out. <laughs> so let's do it, yo. <laughs> let's get to it right now, man. Like I said, BP Harris is our top story. So much more on that in the second half of it. I got to touch on COVID for a minute. COVID going crazy. If anybody hasn't noticed or been paying attention, there's been a a thousand plus deaths attributed to COVID-19 in the USA for the last 16 days. Big shout out to Ladybug from the medical health profession. I know she can tell you personally this shit is not a joke, but... We still keep on taking it for joke. We keep on playing schools and administrations are playing big games. The administration says that they have a plan to give the schools of the United States of America, I assume he's speaking about public schools, 125 million reusable masks. And I guess that's supposed to what? I don't have any idea what that's supposed to do. You can't even get kids to wear uniforms, much less masks. You can't even get adults to wear masks. So I don't know what brand of ignorance that is, but that seems to be the latest harebrained idea that's been cooked up by the administration to get us out of this pandemic and get us, quote unquote, back to normal. That's dumb shit. Now, the next dumb shit is that we, as the United States, just purchased 100 million units, we, I believe we spent $100 million, should I say, on a vaccine from a company that is out of um, Virginia, actually. It's called Moderna. Moderna we produced it, has produced some type of trial vaccine. Before it even is seen to work, the United States has spent $100 million on it. Following in the footsteps of Trump's daddy, Putin, Russia says they already have a vaccine. Imagine the cap that you got. Imagine the balls you have to have to come out and tell the world in the middle of a pandemic, yo, we got the vaccine. Don't even sweat it. That is insane. Vladimir Putin actually came out and said that his daughter has taken the vaccine and it's safe and so on and so forth. There's growing skepticism, not only amongst the world health community, but amongst the community in Russia. They're like, what the hell is going on, yo? What'd you say, Ladybug? You say, I don't watch the news, but I can tell you in the hospital, this last week has been the wildest yet. Wow. Wow. From a medical professional, this has been the wildest week yet. And this pandemic has been going on how long? Since March? There's no way in the world that we can be talking about the things we're talking about societally and the medical uh, situation, the medical reality is what it is. I, this, the math isn't mathing, people, and I don't understand what's going on. Like I said, we're buying vaccines. Russia's running around saying they got the vaccine. Meanwhile, Europe is going back on lockdown. Cuba's going back on lockdown. Even New Zealand, 
even New Zealand, which has been the pinnacle of coronavirus cleanliness and responsible handling of the pandemic, has reported new cases recently. So they have had to tighten up their social distancing and community lockdown restrictions all across the country of New Zealand. That's nuts, man. This is craziness all across the world. Inside of this pandemic, we still have a lot, a lot of scheming and political and financial, especially scheming going on. One of the biggest stories that's happening right now, one of the huge stories that's happening right now. What'd you say, uh, Blow? Soul still straight. I heard about that. I've heard that Soul Korea had an uptick. And when they say an uptick, I also want to be clear what an uptick means, especially in the international context. Soul Korea might have had an uptick of about seven or eight more reported cases, maybe one or two deaths, possibly. I don't keep up with the statistics as much. But in America, we're talking about a thousand cases in a day. We're talking, pardon me, a thousand deaths in a day. We're talking about thousands of cases in a day. This is so far from under control over here. This is not even in the closest bit handled. And we're acting like it's all good. Meanwhile, in New Zealand and in Korea and in Europe, they have, you know, three or four cases and they're ready to lock the whole shit down. Lock it down. Everybody go in the house. Because they understand the seriousness of plague. <laughs> they understand the seriousness of societal collapse. Like, you got to remember, all these countries that we're speaking about in this broadcast, European nations, Korea, a lot of Asian nations, they've experienced the decimation of war, plague, famine, all of that on their home soil a lot more recently than we have in America, okay? People like to think they're so tough and they built for everything in America. You haven't been through shit over here. Like, people in Europe, like their grandparents really remember in 1940 when people who looked like them dropped bombs on their oldest and most famous cities. Hamburg, Moscow, you know what I'm saying? Like, Berlin, all of these people. The people are still alive who remember that shit getting blown to pieces. Hiroshima only happened 75 years ago, y'all. Don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like I said, man, we're in, a, in the middle of not only a global pandemic as far as health crisis is concerned, but a global change moment. Something that's really important that labor, labor is really coming to be a huge thing and becoming a huge issue at this moment in time. In California, right now, laws have been passed that say that Uber and Lyft have to treat the employees, their contractors, the people that work for them as employees, meaning they need paid sick leave, they need insurance, they need the ability to unionize, all of that. California has passed legislation that requires this. Uber and Lyft's response? Fuck that. We're gonna, we will shut Uber and Lyft down in California before we go there. So, of course, they're countersuing. Of course, there's a very there's going to be a very aggressive and ugly legal battle about this. And when it's really very simple, do the right thing. If people were driving, Uber and Lyft came and basically upended the taxi um, industry. In Washington, D.C., yo, I grew up here. Fam, I used to know the taxi game. My dad used to teach me the taxi game. The zones, how to get around town. Shout out to my brother, Bloke, who I believe his pops was a cab driver. Uber came and murdered those people's livelihood because they were offering the same product at a cheaper rate. Now that 
these businesses are asked to be held accountable for the damage that they've done, not only to the marketplace, but to the people that they employ, to the people that they have in their employ and the way that they exploit and utilize these people without any accountability. Before, they, before they take any accountability, they are pledging to put pull the whole plug from the program. Damn, 40 years for Capital Cab, man. Shout out to Capital Cab, T. Yo, you got to tell me what color that cab was because I remember Capital Cab. I remember they used to have a Diamond Cab, Black Star Cab, all types of different cabs in D.C., all types of different colors. Now you got these red and silver shits looking like cans of Coke riding down the street. You got Ubers and Lyfts. Niggas come pick you up in the old Taurus. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, listen, they destroyed the game. They destroyed millions of people's livelihood. Black and orange. Exactly. Capital Cab was black and orange. I, I surely remember that. Yo, they, they destroyed millions of people's livelihoods. And now that the people who have come, the millions of people who have come to depend on them for their livelihood, they're not interested in doing the right thing by them either. Insane, crazy, man. Keep an eye on that. But like I said, the NBA, which could have been a very huge catalyst for a big change in labor relations, fumbled the bag as rich millionaires who don't read tend to do. They fumbled the bag didn't use their leverage, so now we're back in the same situation negotiating from no points of leverage, you know what I mean? Which leads us to protest. That's all people have at the end of these, at the end of these uh, interactions with the police, with, you know, with uh, economics, with capitalism, with fascism. When people don't have leverage and they don't have real power, we're just left with protest. So now we're in the protest moment. In Chicago, which turned out to be a very huge crime spree, let's just not even sugarcoat it, a lot of people came off, a lot of stores on the Magnificent Mile got torn up, torn to bits. But at the end of the day, it was sparked by some righteous indignation based on people in Chicago fully feeling their city being occupied by federal forces, which has been laid out by the president, by the mayor, and by anybody else who has anything to say with it. The feds are in and coming to Chicago. And according to the Chicago police, this young man, Latrell Allen, lifted up a firearm and shot at them, leading to this whole entire incident. But the protesters and the people in the streets, organizers, claim otherwise Latrell Allen is hospitalized and he's being held on $1 million bond for allegedly attempted murder. But his family says not only did he not shoot a gun at the officers, but when the police came and approached this young man, they rode over curbs and cut off traffic and attacked him in such a way that forced him to flee. And which I guess led to him being shot, him being shot, even if he would bam. Pig shit. You know what it is, Danielle. Pig shit. And that's what they do, man. They roll up on us with these aggressive tactics. And if we run, if we fight back, if we do anything except for bend over, they're going to take us to a whole nother level. They're going to take it to a whole nother level. And it's going to be justified. Not only is it going to be justified, it's going to be supported by the powers that be because we live in this country where we have a blind cult of worshiping the police. Why? I don't know. Who said that the police were to be worshipped? Wasn't me. But that's exactly what we do in America. Remember, policing is a job, people. Nobody got drafted. No one was conscripted into the police department. 
most of the, not most, all of the police are volunteers who are compensated weekly. So don't get it twisted who the police are. These aren't, you know, American heroes who just volunteered to get out here and save freedom. No, they're highly, they're compensated, supposed to be professionals. But we see how this all works. Like I said, all around the world, the protest movement is booming. I talk to y'all a lot about Belarus. That's, you know, it's my favorite joint. But we got to go to Africa. I've talked a bit about Zimbabwe on prior uh, broadcast. Today's hotspot in Africa is Mali. They're demanding the ouster of their president, who's been in power for at least 10 years. Corruption, allowing armed separatist groups to come and tear the country apart. Mali, big, 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 big country in Western Africa. It's a big country. A lot of us probably never heard of it. It's huge. Anyway, they're having huge protests right now. And remember, I spoke about this in prior or, um, shows. The police in countries like this, they got their training from American police or European police. Who got their training from Israeli police? Israeli police. The police and the entire establishment of law enforcement in Israel and the West Bank and that part of the world is revered because it's about suppression. They don't fu- they don't play with protesters. They don't in- they don't refer to them as protesters. They're insurgents. You know what I'm saying? They're one step away from terrorists. When you're an insurgent, you're literally one step away from terrorism. I don't even know how you find yourself on the other side of that table. But it just depends on who's who's reporting the news that day. So one day they could be insurgents, next day they should be terrorists. Either way, the police are taught to deal with them the exact same way. And in uh, Mali, 11 people were killed during these protests. The police opened fire, 11 people were killed, dozens were wounded. Dozens. So that's the type of energy that they have for protesters worldwide. And believe you me, that's the kind of energy they got for us here. It's just going to have to turn another couple of corners. Chicago is an example. Pay attention. That is definitely an example, yo. Off the international, we're still international with it. One week. It's been one week since that humongous bomb blast blew up the port in Beirut. Hundreds of people killed. Thousands of people injured, and the protests rage on. People are sick of Lebanon's government's shit. They do not appreciate the way that their government not only has handled this explosion, but handled the COVID and the financial crisis and all of that in between. The explosion has been so poorly handled that armies of citizens from other parts of the country of Lebanon, as you know, Beirut is the capital, other parts of the country of Lebanon have come in to literally do push brooms. They call them a push broom army. They got push brooms and they're cleaning up, you know, industrial refuse from a damn nuclear explosion damn near. I need, you, we all saw that. I don't think that that's something that the citizenry should be asked to clean up. However, you know, people always come out, they, they you know, have good intentions. You know, I definitely err on the side of the fact that humanity for the most part is good. You know what I'm saying? So people wanted to do what they had to do, you know what I'm saying, to come out. Meanwhile, the government jacking it up. And like I said, the whole government basically quit yesterday. So we don't really know who's in charge over there. More protests to come, guaranteed, from that part of the world. Yo, a a movement that I talked about earlier and an organization that I talk about a lot, who I reference for a lot of my stories, they're one of my good sources, ProPublica. ProPublica did a story a few weeks ago about a young lady who just will call her Grace because, you know, she's a minor and you don't want to use her name in, um, in the media. 
Anyway, Grace was jailed by a Michigan judge for not completing her homework during the pandemic because completing her school assignments and staying up on her school assignments was a part of her probation, a condition of her release for whatever, you know, transgression that she had committed at the time. Grace was locked up since May. She only got public word about this story when ProPublica published it and put it out there, and that was in late July. Grace was freed up last week. She was allowed to go home after the first hearing where they said, Nah, hell no. She likes it here. We want it. She wants to stay here. Public pressure stayed on, stayed on. Then she got freed up, and that was very good. At least she got let out of the system. But, of course, she was still on papers. And if anybody ever been in the system, you know, being on papers is like being in jail on the streets. I've been there. Yo, you just, you one step away. You are one dumbass move away from getting right back behind those bars. And with some extra time, because... Of course, they're not going to look upon you kindly. We let you out of the streets. You had a chance. All bullshit. Anyway, they gave Grace a free up. They let her off of papers today. So shout out to Grace. Hopefully that young lady is able to go out here and live her life, you know what I'm saying, and move on with her endeavors without the the weight of the criminal justice system on her back because I know what that feels like, yo. Listen, that thank you. You might as well serve the time. That's how, that's how real niggas feel. Like, we're going to take it to the door. I'd rather take it to the door than wake up and have XYZ amount of years of parole and probation hanging over my head because when it comes down to the come down, anything can happen on the streets, bro. Anything can happen on the streets. You don't know what's happening. Condition of your parole is you can't even be around people with felonies. How the fuck I'm supposed to know that you got a felony? All of this is craziness. Juicy J said it years ago. It's one of my favorite songs in the world. Name it after me. Juicy J, Chronicles of the Juice Man. My nigga said, parole and probation is a trap for niggas. Period. It's a trap. So don't get it twisted. Shout out to Grace for being freed up off of that trap, man. And then in the streets, more protest nonsense. LAPD, there'll be a protest about this coming soon. Video is going viral where three young men called the police, or not, they didn't call the police, a bystander called the police after three young men were being harassed by a mentally unstable homeless man. LAPD sheriffs pull up with the long guns and lay the three kids down. Lay the three kids down in the middle of the road. All the bystanders are shouting, that's not them, it's not them, you got the wrong guys. A police like, get the fuck away, shut up, shut up, shut up. Again, it's always on film, and it's always so evident how they feel about us, how they want to deal with us, and no amount of protesting, no amount of legislation, none of that is going to make any differences. Danielle, like you said, yo, you ain't even want to watch the video. Hey, QB the Diva, you know it's a trap. You know it's a trap, because, like, how many people do we know that get out and, yo, they can't be on the streets for 10, you know, they can't be on the streets 10 weeks. It's rap, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, LAPD, even when you, you ever been on probation and find yourself in a situation where the police are there and you're like, oh shit, bro, if I get locked, man, I'm I'm done. Like, and it doesn't matter. There are no explanations. There's no pleas you can cop. If you get arrested while you're on probation, that's it, yo. You don't even get to come home that day. You know what I'm saying? You might could get you know, personal recognizance or in states where they have bond, they'll give you bond even if you're not if you're not on probation and you know 
you committed some kind of transgression. If you're on papers, automatic hold. You might as well go ahead, as they used to say back in the day, grab your toothbrush, yo. You know what I'm saying? Because that's you're going to be down for a minute. And that is the game that we're playing out here with the police. Can't call them because if you're getting harassed, you're going to get cooked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you can't be in the system because you can't never get out. What you say, Danielle? Somebody called the police for the three of the black kids. Exactly. <laughs> you, you didn't even have to hear the rest of that. Somebody called the police on behalf of three black kids. Bloop. That's it. And that's, yo, that speaks largely to our defund the police fuck 12 perspective that we on. Look, I'm 20 minutes in right now. I need to say the next 30 solid for Kamala. So let me get through these headlines. Boom, we moving. Politics and bullshit. Of course, I got plenty. I ain't never dialed 911 in my life. Word to blow. Thank you. <laughs> Politics and bullshit, though. Yo, there's still no action on the STEMI. Still no action on the STEMI, guys. I don't know what to tell you there. Pelosi says, you know, the situation is looking bleak. I believe her. You know what I'm saying? I, I can definitely agree from my damn side of the fence. You know what I'm saying? But people are still trying to get elected. For what? I don't even know. Shout out to Elhan Omar and AOC and the squad and all of that. But, yo, they couldn't do shit when it came to this. Like, they're very popular political figures in pop culture and all of that, but like political power, political muscle is a whole nother thing. And the amount of power and the amount of muscle that it's going to take to move the needle in the direction that the progressive caucus would like to see it move, it just does not exist in Congress. It doesn't. And I am fully, thoroughly believing that now because I was naive enough to think that they were going to get this deal done before the um, recess. And I got played. Sorry, y'all. I got cooked. I'm sorry for telling y'all that it was going to go down like that because I was sure. I mean, based on my years of congressional experience, based on all my years of watching this body function and knowing that we're in a very serious time right now where if people don't get the assistance that they need, that could affect the way that they vote in November. But again, because of the way that voting is so volatile this year, it very much so seems like People don't care. Like, it doesn't seem to be as hotly contested as it once was. Uh, Ilhan Omar, who I just mentioned, she actually won her seat a fucking campaign year, T. A campaign year. For all the damn years. You know what I'm saying? A whole election year, bro. Ilhan Omar won in uh, Minnesota just uh, yesterday. Her opponent was backed by pro-Israeli lobbyists and... um, a couple of billionaires who basically bundled all of their um, donations, the maximum doma- donations they could give, and it added up to 20% of this man's campaign. This guy was a black man, actually. I forgot his name. He was a black man. He was he had $3.2 million poured into his um, campaign, drastically outspending Elhan Omar, and still lost by 20 points. Again, gang, look. Voting is supposed to be this big um, voice of electoral politics and choice and so on and so forth. But a lot of times the fix is already in. And that goes for Democratic and Republican seats. Gerrymandering is a very real thing. If you get around to reading about it, if you know anything about it, that is the biggest thing that we should have been rallying against from the beginning of our super investment in electoral politics. Like, niggas was running around saying, voter die. I remember I had a voter die t-shirt on in 1223, partying my ass off. I was killing it in 04. But I didn't understand that, like, 
it wasn't just vote or die. It, it, they were killing voting. You know what I'm saying? They were they weren't trying to necessarily kill us from voting because I mean, hey, that's one thing. You know, people. If you look at the the voting turnout in the United States of America, it is it's always been dismal. Okay, other countries, other quote unquote democracies, put us to shame with their participation in electoral politics. We choose not to participate in electoral politics because we have so much belief in these leaders and this cult of personality and also this culture of false compromise that we've created in America where we believe that these people in the Senate and in the House, they're gentlemen and gentle ladies and they have our best interest at heart and they're going to work the shit out. I, I'm here to tell y'all that's not how it's looking, gang. It's not looking real good for the home team. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, Elham Omar, shout out to her. But on the flip side of the election shit, a QAnon conspiracy theorist, and if any of y'all know about QAnon, that is, it, it is absolutely nuts. Like, they say some wild shit. They make Breitbart look conservative. They make people who, they make Alex Jones and them. Alex Jones is, like, on the QAnon bandwagon, so to speak. But there are people that are even more extreme than him. And one of these people just got elected to goddamn Congress. Or she won the nomination for the seat, and she will be running Fairly unopposed. She's, uh, her name is, what is her name? Marjorie Green. She's an idiot in Georgia. And just be prepared to hear some really, really wild shit come out of Congress in the next session if she makes it up to the Hill, if it goes down like that. Because these people say the wildest stuff. I don't even feel like opening up my bag of saying outrageous shit right now on their behalf. But, yo, the QAnon people say, outrageous shit all the time and yeah welcome one of them to congress shout out so you know we're welcoming people to dc we're bringing come one come all to to the circus you know what i'm saying dc is definitely the circus it is ridiculous yo what you say uh <laughs> goofy kicking daffy duck in pennsylvania i can i can only imagine see there are there are some maps of some districts that literally our cartoons. It, it's like it's comical that a voting district could be one side of a street while the other voting district is the other side of the street. These are things that are important, people, and we a lot of times. I mean, I'm not saying it's too late, but we just let a lot of these things escape from our immediate grasp and our immediate view when it came time to make some really important decisions. Like we talked about this earlier with the Facebook thing. Facebook got Facebook ran the monopoly on us a long time ago. It was over. It was over, and we and we watched it happen, and we all watched it happen. So, you know, the game is the game, as we say right now, man. In D.C., the zoo, the jungle, hometown, you know the gang, you know the vibes. Listen, this guy came out here and uh, ran some real good game in D.C., and D.C. is the home of people running good game. There's a guy named King Goggin, white guy, Catholic. I believe he's loosely involved in the Catholic uh, archdiocese or a former employee of the Catholic Archdiocese ran it up for DC two million dollars on the PPPs. He made up whole businesses, whole invoices. He made up a whole economy for himself to make himself worthy of two million dollars in paycheck protection loans. A separate indictment just got opened up today in district court on him. He got arrested for this. They they ran him up on they jammed him up on this. Uh, Racine and the district attorney of D.C., they were like, nah, man, we got to get on this guy's back. You know what I'm saying? Ran it up on this guy. 
Now he is out here incarcerated for the $2 million, separate indictment for running up 427 k from the archdiocese previously. This whole entire situation of COVID and these PPPs, especially in D.C., gave a whole class of financial criminals a holiday to get out here and commit some more financial crime. It's lit. It was like, what? They handing out free money again? Let me get in. I want pieces, bro. So this man went absolutely nuts with it. $2 million. We know we keep on hearing stories like this all across the country. This is just the country. This is just one that hits very close to home right here in D.C. Wild shit happening out here close to home. Fam, somebody shot a military helicopter in Manassas. One time for Manassas. Manassas, Virginia, yo. Somebody shot down a military helicopter or didn't shoot it down. Excuse me. Let me not do the hyperbole thing. It wasn't shot down. It was shot at. It was struck. A crew member was injured. It made a safe landing at a nearby Air Force base. But the FBI, CIA, all of these people are, you know, investigating. Yo, was this shit on purpose or was it just somebody just shooting up in the air? Manassas, Virginia, I mean... You know, you never, it could be both. <laughs> it could have been both. It could have been some, some redneck standing right on the back of a damn truck. Like, yo, I bet you I can hit that helicopter. No, you can't. Bullshitting. I mean, could have been fun. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that if our military uh, technology is that susceptible to these type of, uh, you know, civilian arms. I mean, I'm sure they wasn't on, out there with the with the howitzer shooting at the joint. So, I mean, you know, these civilian arms. Or it's, it's two ways to look at that. Civilians have guns that are capable of hitting military aircraft or a military aircraft is capable of being struck by civilian-grade weapons. Either way, it's concerning. I'm concerned. So, you know, get that shit together, y'all. And if, and if that's the case then, like, stop the cap when you come down here to these D.C. protests or anywhere else protests and you want to do these low flies and and, and, um, intimidate protesters and shit. Get out of here. Hey, what'd you say, Ladybug, an IG influencer with a drone? That could have been a thing, too. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, because, you know, you can't run the drones in D.C., so I'm definitely taking my drone out to Manassas and getting reckless with it. It could be a lot of things, but the military shouldn't be having to deal with this, and this shit... Shouldn't be making the news. It's embarrassing. Do better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do better, gang. Oh, also in Virginia, too. Virginia, you know Virginia people, residents, do not play. You know what I'm saying? They come from that that good old give me liberty, give me death tradition, and they like to talk that shit. They like to stand on that shit. By the way, didn't know this until Kamala Harris mentioned it earlier in her speech, which we'll talk about in a moment. Got two minutes. I promise y'all. I'm almost done. Sports and then we out. Yo. She, uh, this is the one-year anniversary of the uh, shooting and uh, Heather Heyer being hit by the car and dying in Charlottesville, Virginia. You know, very fine people, according to y'all president. One-year anniversary of that. So, a little something to think about. Put that on your mind, man. People in Virginia, though, took it to Alexandria's state senator's doorstep. Literally. I don't know. He lived in one of those nice apartments, one of those high-rises right across the bridge. Fam, people were literally protesting in the lobby. Extend the rent moratorium in Virginia. Don't allow people to be evicted in Virginia. That guy looked like he lived in a building that nobody's getting evicted from. But it's interesting he lives in an apartment. I mean, he's a state senator. You know what I'm saying? Get it how you can. But at the end of the day, 
Bro, people are bringing it to your doorstep in Virginia, and there's going to be a lot more of that to come if the bullshit gets a little thicker. So we'll see how the game plays out, man. Sports, people are, people are fucking stupid. Stop with the games, gangs. Like, it's over, dog. Like, I, I keep saying this. Like, the NBA bubble is stupid to me. It looks like AAU. It feels like AAU. We keep trying to make these controversies out of things that happen, you know, in the game. And I get that. That's, that's niggas playing basketball. Like, we going to argue. People going to talk shit. I mean, it's not as huge as they're trying to make it. But the NBA and Adam Silver, to their credit, have done something quite remarkable. 324 people in the bubble, 327 tests administered daily on a very regular basis. Last count, zero positive coronavirus cases. You know what I'm saying? Zero. I mean, duh, nigga. <laughs> like, of course. Like, yo, like, they're in a bubble. People aren't doing anything, but any they aren't interacting really with anybody except for the people that they're interacting with. COVID-19, for whatever it's worth, it's not widespread airborne contagion level, like where we got to literally walk around covered in plastic. So, I mean, bro, if you get a whole bunch of people together and isolate them for XYZ amount of days and ensure everyone's COVID negative, of course they're going to be COVID negative. Yes, Zay, Dave Dollar is going crazy. You know I was going to mention that too. He's only one of two players in the history of the NBA to have three 60-point games. And he's the only player to have 65 and 5. He had 61 last night. Only player in the world that has 65 and 5. Only one other player got those two, got those 360s. You know what his name is? Will. The still. Chamberlain. Yes. 100 game. 100 game Chamberlain. You know what I'm saying? That guy. Man, but uh, a lot of people say that 100 game is capped. I don't know, Zane. I, I need your opinion on that. A lot of people say, well, they never scored no 100 points. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Dan Dollar is definitely hooping out there, and he got it on his mind. He got he got beef. I, I respect it. Like, But it's funny to me. It's just like watching people hoop on the streets. Like, It's, it's the same thing to me. It would be more fun if it was on the streets, actually. But I get it. I understand the energy. But the NFL is absolutely insane. They said that they are really going to push forward with this season. And Jerry Jones' crazy ass said that all Cowboy um, games will be played in front of fans. Ladybug, let me get you in here. Bam. Pull me in there. Yo, all Cowboy games played in front of fans? That's retarded. Deion Sanders, former Cowboy. (laughs) Hey, what up, though? Checking in live from the West Coast. You on TV, yo. You made it, Ladybug. You are out here. Live from the West Coast. What's happening? Thank you for being on the core report. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Tell me what's popping. Tell me what's popping, love. For real. What's on your uh, mind? Sorry to interrupt your sports segment. I'm going to get back to the sports. The, the fellas know we're going to get back. Talk to us. Let's, what's up? <laughs> um, I just wanted to chime in. And uh, I just thought it was interesting. You were talking about COVID earlier because um, this is probably my sixth assignment um, this year dealing with COVID patients. And this week, let me tell you, the hospital that I'm at sent out um, like a notice to all the units. I work in the ICU, so I'm critical care. Wow, you're like front lines for real. 
for real, for real. Like, tapped up, got the marks on my face. When Good I God. PP, are you PPE'd up? Are you properly PPE'd up out there? So, uh, every hospital is different. This one is uh, not requiring us to reuse PPE, but they do ask us, like, to write our name on it in case that, in case we do have to eventually. So, wow. they have, like, a receptacle where we d- drop our old mask. That they're gonna spray. <laughs> what? Oh my god, yo! But we got unlimited rubber bullets. But exactly. So wow. I just, um, I just my last contract was with the San Quentin prisoners, and that facility wanted us to reuse them. But I brought my own because last year, you. what you're putting on that mask, like I barely know what's in the ones that they're you know selling at home. Real but. talk, the real talk. But talk to me. So while you while you've been in the midst of this COVID epidemic, what is what's different about this week? What do you what do you feel like is pushing it up? So um, definitely, I've seen the most uh, deaths. Uh, wow! See, like my last shift, I had I walked into uh, a patient that was coding and ended up passing, and uh, the hospital didn't have enough uh, body bags. Really? Yo, you know, that's one of the most hyperbolic things that I hear that I have a hard time believing is like these these freezers parked outside and a lack of body bags. Yeah. yeah. And is this in San Quentin? This was in the prison? Uh, no, but uh, San Quentin was my little, the previous assignment to this one. OK. And that one was just as bad. And that one was actually I was talking to family about it that I was like wow I'm really noticing like a difference between my the first couple assignments that I had to these last two Word. it's definitely I don't know what's what's the difference or like the second round that's happening right like a second wave almost huh yeah dang this um, is nuts so that and mm-hmm. this hospital actually um they were telling us like to turn off the all the unused suction because there's not enough suction in the hospital for the amount of people that, that we now have on ventilators. So are you directly contradicting 45's narrative that says everybody who needs a ventilator gets a ventilator and all of that? <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sound like that doesn't sound all the way true. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Yo. Hey, listen. My, my one of my one of my uh, listeners, Danielle, she said, and I want to reiterate: we love and appreciate your service out here, man, for taking care of people who need it out here. You know what I mean? Like when you were in the prisons, did you find that the the healthcare was very targeted towards the most needy segments of the population, or even in public, do you find it that that that's something that's going on? Really, I want to talk to you about that further. I talk about San Quentin a bit on here. You know, they have the most uh, mortalities of all prisons in the country. Been there, right? And was that? And and how did you end up there? Where you were you were just assigned? Um. So as a travel nurse, I get to choose my assignment. So I knew what I was. I knew the gist of what I was getting into, but mm-hmm. I had no idea what to expect. Wow. And uh, it, it was it's, it's mind-blowing. Yo, how are you doing? You, I mean, psychically, mentally, you know what I'm saying? Right. Good. Right, exactly. You I, look good. You're in good spirits, you know what I'm saying? You're out here doing it. Yeah, of course. No, I'm always in good spirits. Like, I, you know, I believe I'm always where I'm supposed to be. I'm mm-hmm. always in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing for the right people. So, 
Um, Amen I to that. I knew what I was getting into, and I was just, I felt blessed to be there. I felt like the prisoners that I interacted with needed what I gave them, the service that I provided um, mm-hmm. as a nurse, as a human. Um, it was wild. Wow. Was wild. And I, I, I'd love to talk to you about it. Hey, listen, we're going to, Ladybug, we're going to set that up for real because that's important. That's an important conversation. And before I let you go, I got to ask you one thing. When do you get off of this ride? How does that work? <laughs> um, so right now I'm on a short assignment, so it's four weeks, uh, and I'm already planning to like take a break. As a traveler, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I get like I said, I get to choose my assignments. Okay. Most contracts are three months long. Okay. So it's up to me. Like right before my contract ends, I usually start hunting. Like what contracts are out there? Where in the country do I want to go? Right. Um, what's going on? Like socioeconomically. Um, mm-hmm. That's important. That is <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Don't want to just go into depression town over here. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I'm that too, like purposely, but like, you know, it, it all works out in the end. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so each contract's three months. This one's a short contract. So after this, I'm probably going to plan to take some time off. Good. I you need it. Um, you do. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. that Those are, these are two intense experiences back to back. And like, it sounds like you're dedicated to your work. You, you're happy about what doing what you're doing, so we definitely need more people like you out there. Absolutely. You can't get burnt out. I love my job. I love what I do. That's um, great. I'm blessed to be a nurse, especially right now. Oh, that's peace, yo. Look, we blessed to have nurses like you, for real, yo. Thanks for rocking with the core report, love. For real, all the time, all the time. Check <laughs> check back in. Look, we're going to set up this. You're, you're going to be my Sanjay Gupta out here, all right? We're doing this up, all right? Live from the field. You know what it is, Ladybug. I'm going to holler at you, love. Peace. (laughs) Love. Yo, that's the type of energy we want for the core Report, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, we all got news. All of y'all got news for me. I I know I appreciate bringing the news to y'all, but I know all of y'all got some news for me. All of y'all got stories for me, man. And and all of y'all have stories for yourselves, from yourselves, of yourselves. My man Blow is in fucking Seoul, Korea right now, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's stories, man. We can talk about all of these things because the real information is with us. I've been watching CNN and MSNBC and all of that for three whole days, and I ain't heard nothing but Kamala Harris. If I didn't know any better, I would think that there's nothing else happening in the world. But I know better, and I also do a news program to bring those things to the light every day. And I thank y'all so much for rocking with the movement, for real, man. What was my last little sports story? Oh, Deion Sanders, man. Deion Sanders rolled out a damn uh, the NFL network and with the bar stool. That doesn't make any sense, especially in light of the recent racist allegations against Barstool and their whole staff. That's crazy. We're not absorbing that content. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, Deion, come on back home. We need you with Mike Irvin's. We're losing recipes. We're losing recipes, Deion. Get on back over here. Come on back home, fam. And the last story, oh, no fans at the Masters. No fans at the Masters this year. Nothing, nothing else also that um, that was out of the ordinary, but there'll be no fans at FedEx. There wasn't no fans anyway at FedEx. The only niggas at FedEx last year was Scooty and a couple other niggas, man. Shout out to my man Scooty. That's that. <laughs> wasn't nobody else at FedEx, so they said they're going to play games without no fans. All right, cool. That works, too. The Masters, no fans, and also somebody got knocked the hell out at um, Sesame Place, and I don't know why. I have no idea why. Who guzzled a pork? Oh, Kamala guzzled a pork chop. Oh, I don't know who guzzled a pork chop. T. 
Get back to me on that. Because that's how they said, that's Haram. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We not rocking, man. For real, yo. Craziness going on in the news. As I said, lots of other stuff happening. But the mainest of main things that's been happening today is we now know who the vice presidential candidate, we know who the Democratic ticket is. It's Joe Biden and Kamala. Kamala, all right? I'm, I got to stop saying Kamala. I had a neighbor named Kamala. That was the homie. Call her Cammy. But it's Kamala. <laughs> and now you say she ate it with her hands? <laughs> Yo, Kamala ate a pork chop with her headset. That is a violation. Again, let's let's get right into it. Look, this is why we have to discuss Senator Harris. And we have to discuss Senator Harris from a nuanced perspective. As African Americans, we all know that it takes a lot to get where this lady has gotten. Alright? <laughs> Yo, this pork chop shit is killing me. Y'all gotta get out my comments. This <laughs> is nuts. Yo, it takes a lot to become the San Francisco DA. She was the San Francisco DA. Hold on, I'm gonna give you her stats. She was the San Francisco District Attorney for seven years. She was the California State's Attorney General, highest cop in California for six years. She's been a senator since 2017. Similar rise to your boy Barack Obama here. We're going to talk about that, some similarities that are there too that I'm also a little bit less comfortable with. But let's just talk about her accomplishments because I don't want to take anything away from them. She's a very accomplished woman. You know what I'm saying? HBCU graduate, went out here to Howard University. She was on the yard. She threw up her pinky for AKA. All of that. Real hot girl shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear you, but at some point in time along the trajectory, she figured that her ticket to the top was law and order, justice. That was her ticket to the top. I don't know anything else about any trauma that she, she may have absorbed in her lifetime that made her such a crusader for crime or anything like that. I'm sure everyone has a story like that. She's also She often refers to her parents being in the civil rights movement and watching them struggle for justice in that particular t- paradigm. Whatever. If you saw all that, then I'm sure you know that the cops ain't your friends. However, she, I guess, took that working the inside-out angle or whatever. Due to these type of, uh, you know, compromises, she's been on the back end of some very, very questionable decisions, yo. She's locked thousands of Californians up for marijuana usage in the state of California. She's uh, marijuana usage, possession, distribution, whatever. I want to get it all. Marijuana-related charges in the state of California. Kamala Harris has handed out thousands of years of man time based on those charges. I won't say thousands. Let's go hundreds. Hundreds of years of man time based on marijuana charges. She has also been involved in a lot of situations where the California police departments at large in different cities were brought to task by activists, by attorneys suing on behalf of people who felt like they had been wronged by officers, been wronged by judges, whatever. Senator Harris, District Attorney Harris, Attorney General Harris was on the other side of that. For a long time, yo, I have one of my very good buddies, 
My man JB, he is a former prosecutor. He used to be a prosecutor in Montgomery County. He told me about how, yo, he saw real bias in this office every day and it made him sick. And he also said he wished he could have stayed because he would have been able to, in his eyes, make a difference or at least be a form of representation. People always talking about representation matters. All right. It's cool. This is our representative. Got you. Now, let's talk about the other shit. All right. Your representative, cool. You are a immigrant or a first-generation American. Let us not leave that out. You're a first-generation American, and you're also playing on the lighter end of the color spectrum. All right? All of these things work in your advantage. You also chose to marry a white guy. All of these things. Nobody's putting, holding this against you, though. This is your life. This is just who you are. You feel what I'm saying? You chose to play in those waters. And you have also chosen to involve yourself in electoral politics. District attorney, attorney general, different shit. You know what I'm saying? That's lawyer shit. That's I'm trying to be the best lawyer I can be. I'm trying to be the top lawyer. You're playing within the criminal justice system. There is a lot of... <laughs> hey, Danielle said you holding the white boy against her. It's all good. I I know the sister's going to do their thing on that. I'm not even... That's y'all bag right there. I'm going to let y'all cook. But I'm going to tell you one thing I have definitely noticed is that she is willing... <laughs> Yo, not the Mindy Kaling. I'm done. I'm done, guys. Y'all here calling this girl Mindy Kaling. I can't, yo. Listen, former attorney generals, district attorneys and all of that, they know how filthy politics are. And more importantly, they know how filthy politicians are. They do not want to swim in those waters. However, Senator Harris is different. She knows that she has the, I hate to say this, she got the complexion for the connection. She has the right, she's made the right political moves. While she was attorney general, while she was district attorney, the people that she chose to align herself with allowed her as an African-American woman to be a Senate. How much other black women is in the Senate? I'll wait. Y'all, nobody. Okay. You know what I'm saying? How much other black women have been in the Senate? I'm not sure. Somebody please check in with those statistics. Because at the end of the day, gang, like this is what it is. You don't get to seat at the table unless you, you you bought a ticket. Niggas always talk about this seat at the table. Dog, what table? And whose table? I'm good, fam. This is, yo, I am so glad that she's out here and she's able to improve her life. And I'm, I'm happy about that. I, I think it's great that HBCU graduates can go on to have great careers and even have careers in electoral politics. But I'm not about to sit here and, and champion this shit like this is the most progressive thing that's ever happened to us, yo. Like, I got took like that once before. Pops, my pops was in my grill about my Obama love. My dad was in my grill about my Obama love. He was like, oh, you like Obama, huh? You gonna see. You gonna see. And he was so right. He was so right, yo. He was like, yo, this man's an empty suit. Would you think he gonna go in the, in, the, in the White House and start, you know, freeing black people or something like that? That's not what's going on. 
He's going to have some of your favorite rappers in there. What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm all for black people reaching higher heights. But I don't believe that black faces in high places equals progress for us. Cornell West said it best. A lot of times when those black faces get to those higher places, they more loyal to the high places than they are to the black faces. They more loyal to the high faces than they are to the black places. What you say? It's only been 10 black people, period, in the Senate. One African-American woman, Kamala. You dig? So anyway, when these all skin folks show the hell ain't kin folk, you feel what I'm saying? Look, when you get up here, you get in these high places like, yo, how much how much times have we been carried by our black supervisors? How much times have we been how have messages that were meant to hold us down been communicated to us by people who look just like us, not only who look like us, who we in some level aspire to be. On some level, we want to be like these people, yo. And then they come out and do whack shit to us and tell us that, you know, we ain't ready. We not it. Yo, Bill Cosby hit us with that one time with the with the pull up your pants with the pound cake speech, bro. This is craziness. And again, if all of these people, if Kamala Harris is supposed to be this representation and hope of this new America or whatever, one thing me and my wife, we've been discussing this all day, yo. I'm going to know America changed and I'm going to know America is serious about this change shit when a nigga that look like me can run for president. When somebody that look like me, that look like my wife, that that is a real blackity black, black person. Look, yo, straight up, your family from Mississippi, your peoples were slaves. You know what I'm saying? When one of us can get off, when one of us can get our issue off, that's when I'm going to know. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, look, Obama is a half-white, half-Kenyan, first-generation American. Shout out to him. But, yo, we see you. Kamala Harris is a half-Indian, half-Jamaican, light-skinned, first-generation American. They don't fuck with us. They don't fuck with me. (laughs) They not rocking with me. It's hard for me to get on TV. I had to put myself on TV, y'all. I had to put myself on TV. You know what I'm saying? Because they wouldn't put... Guys like me, they don't put guys like us on TV. You know what I'm saying? What you say? An African from Hawaii? <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. That is, let a real nigga get on, dog. You know what they do? They let us get on, and they let us embarrass ourselves. They want us to make spectacles of ourselves. As a matter of fact, it's very well documented as a part of U.S. propaganda that the United States sent African Americans abroad as entertainers, as uh, sportsmen as representatives of how America is cool. We got it going on. We all good. You know what I'm saying? We got our Negroes. They happy over here. Look at them. They play sports. They dance. They do all of that. That's propaganda, my guy. You know what I'm saying? No, Richie, there's only been one black woman in the Senate. Now, you did the research. You, yeah. you can't stamp that? Yeah. One black I woman. Can, I can do a double check. Now, yeah. We're, we, I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> the colorism, the Cultural biases, the immigrant bias, all of that is real. Like you said, QB the Diva, all of that shit is 100% facts. Wow, President Obama's father was the first black person to attend the University of Hawaii. Look, guys, we're in 2020, and we are still constantly talking about, um, what was I going to say? We're still constantly talking about um, first. 
Yo, Richie came in with the correction, and I love that because I remember that. Carol Mosley Braun of Illinois was first. Okay. Carol Mosley Braun of Illinois. Thank you, Rich. That's a great, timely correction right there. My man. You know what I'm saying? I remember her, too. I believe she was up there when I was working on the Hill. But anyway, like I said, these brown faces in high places, this whole entire idea that somehow, some way, a Biden-Harris ticket is going to be like the most progressive thing to happen to the country is crazy. Now, me, yes, I feel like it is imperative to go out and vote and go out and vote against Trump and make sure you do that. Whatever you do, please do not vote for Kanye. Kanye is polling at 2%, at least at, at least 2% in several states right now. That's ignorant. I saw this nigga, the baby, said that I'm going to let y'all finish, but I'm voting for fucking uh, Kanye. Bro, the baby? Are you crazy? Like, this is the these are our heroes, y'all. Man, we gotta go out here and vote intelligently. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's the deal. <laughs> we gonna vote. That's what we gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause here's the deal, gang. At the end of the day, we don't know what's gonna happen. Yes, he is trolling at two percent. We don't know what's gonna happen with the future, right? I have always been a proponent of the thought that. Hey, we're not going to have a peaceful transfer of power here. Trump is going to try to install himself as a dictator. I know that's some real dark, heavy, doom and gloom shit. I don't want to be like that. However, what I do think we're in for right now is a very, very nasty and ugly uh, election as far as ballots being counted is concerned. I think that unless it's an overwhelming landslide, like, right, because Trump didn't win the popular vote the first time either. Right. Unless there is an overwhelming landslide of support, like an undeniable crush of support, then they're going to pull some bullshit and they're going to get real slick with it, yo. They're going to get real slick with it. It is about to go down. You know what I'm saying? Gang, I love all of y'all. I got one minute and 19 seconds left on this broadcast. Yo, thank y'all so much for tuning in. The participation, the the engagement, all of that. Yo, that means everything to us, man, over here at the Core Report, man. Listen, they're about to fuck us over, and it's not going to be a game, y'all. I do this news program daily so that we can keep up with what's going on and keep our ears to the street, yo. Anybody got any information, any news, any stories you want me to cover, yo, the tip line is open. Hit me up. The DMs is open. We out here. Anybody want to send a request? I'm always taking requests, man. Come on in. Get in, get down with the core report, man. And remember, as always, y'all, things work out the best for those that make the best of the way things work out. And some shit is about to work out that ain't going to be the best. So we need to make the best out of it. So love all of y'all. You know what time it is, man. Hey, Harris Biden 2020. <laughs> I'm a holly, gang. Peace. <laughs>